said there's a great deal more that is changing quickly with the church in many aspects of our personal lives. And look at these four things he, he made note of. He said, number one, nothing and no one may quite go back to normal. Let me say it again. Nothing and no one may quite go back to normal. Think about how much your patterns and habits have shifted in the last year. Going back to normal only works if normal still exists. All right. Now listen to this. He says that's because a crisis is always an accelerator. A crisis is always an accelerator. When we, whenever we go through crisis, we move forward quickly. How many of y'all have known, known people who, who wouldn't eat right, who wouldn't do what the doctor said, then they had a heart attack? Then after the heart attack, and then in, in that experience, and now they started eating right because they didn't want to go through the experience again. So sometimes a crisis is an, it's always, and not sometimes, it's always an accelerator for change. Trends that would have taken years or decades to materialize are happening right in front of our eyes. It says that's true in every area of life from culture to government to policy and even to the church. So nothing and no one may quite go back to normal. So if you just wait for everything to get back to normal, normal ain't what you proceeded to be in the past. Second thing he said was loyalties are shifting. He says loyalties, he said when everything is changing, people change. How many of your existing church members will still be with you when this pandemic ends? All right? Pastors and staff have, have, that he's spoken to say it's harder to track who's still with them. As things continue to settle, he says we'll get a much clearer picture of who has left, who's still here, and who we've added. Church members, listen to this, church members have developed new habits, and many of those habits are not spiritually healthy. Can we read that out loud on purpose? Church members have developed new habits, and many of those habits are not spiritually healthy. How many of y'all developed some habits that you say, well, you know what, that's that's not good for my spiritual health, and I got to get back to getting back to getting my word. I got to turn the TV off. Huh? I got to turn Netflix off and watching movies continuously and, and binge watching the next new Netflix series and I got to get back into my word. Third thing he said was the home has emerged as the new hub. He says as much as people are, are, longing, are longing to get out of their homes and back into culture, the home may never be the same. Over the last year, the home has become the new hub for six things that usually happen outside the home. Number one, school. Number two, work. Number three, shopping. Number three, entertainment. Number four, four, fitness. And number five, church. Nobody ever thought about, you know, years ago doing church at home. I mean, from the standpoint of the way it's done today. But those things have changed. Some of that will snap back, but not all of it. The world we left in early 2020 was a come-to-us world. And several of those six items were already showing realignment before COVID. Working remotely, homeschooling, and shopping online were all on the rise. If Listen to this. If your church is only designed to have people come to you, you'll need to be creative to reach people from this point forward. And we can't just have a come-see-us attitude. we got to let's-go-to-them attitude. And the last thing he said was, he says, the need for everyone to find sustainable peace. The need for everyone to find sustainable peace. Over the past year, listen to this, guys. Stress, depression, anxiety, and thoughts of checking out on life uh, 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 
were way too high. There are people who are experiencing all type of emotional and mental trauma and, uh, through this pandemic period. But guys, we got to make sure that we know and understand this. Listen to this real carefully. The gospel of Christ is the hope for the world. I'm going to say it again. The gospel of Christ is the hope for the world. Jesus said this. Watch this. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world give it, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. So out of all that's happened in this past year, out of all the things that are changing, I know change scares a lot of people. Change uh, gets some people riled up and, the, and butterflies start churning in your stomach. But I'm here to tell you, God has created you for a good kind of change. Everybody say good change. Look at the neighbor and say, neighbor, I want some good change. I want some godly change. And that's what we're about in 2021, guys. It won't be the same. The way we've done church and the way you're discipling has taken place is changing because God needs us to go and make disciples. Can I get a witness? So let's go to Hebrews, the fifth chapter. And we left off with this subject, commitment to change. Hebrews chapter number five. Glory to God. And we're going to begin our reading again at verse number, uh, verse number 11. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Verse number 11. Are you there with me? Let's read together. It says what? There is much more we would like to say about this. But it is difficult to explain, especially since you are spiritually dull and don't seem to listen. All right. The writer says the next verse says what? Let's go. You have been believers so long now that you ought to be teaching others. And guys, I want to say something right quick. As a pastor that's been here for 32 years, there are many of y'all who've been on this journey of faith with us uh, for a, a good portion of that 32 years, maybe 20 years or plus. Uh, and, and what I would hate to have to say about any member of this body is that, that at the time that you should be teaching others, we still got to hold your hand and say, oh, the little boo-boo's going to hurt a little bit, but you're going to be okay. We're going to put a Band-Aid on it. Getting your feelings hurt and not being in a mode where you ought to be teaching others, you still have need to be taught. Listen to what he says here. You have been believers so long now that you ought to be teaching others. Instead, you need someone to teach you again the basic things about God's word. You're like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food. Next verse, let's read. It says what? For someone who lives on milk is still an infant and doesn't know how to do what is right. Next verse says what? Solid food is for those who are mature, who through training have the skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong. Can we read that out loud and on purpose, guys? Let's read it. Ready to go. It says what? Solid food is for those who are mature, who through training have the skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong. Who through training have the skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong. Talking about commitment to change. Now, whenever you make a commitment to something, that word commitment means that I am all in. I am, I'm totally, I'm totally focused in on what the end is going to be and what the goal is for my life. I'm, I'm totally, uh, Putting anything aside that will prevent me from getting to the place where I have committed to get to. And guys, God wants us to be committed soldiers for him. 
God wants us to be in a position where we can go and make disciples. I want you to go with me, if you will, right quick, to the, uh, to, to the gospel according to Mark, uh, in chapter number one. And we're going to look there uh, at verse number 17, I believe. The gospel according to St. Mark, uh, chapter number one. And we're going to look at verse number 17 real quickly. You know, Jesus came as the ultimate sacrifice to give each one of us the ability to have a personal relationship with the triune God. Jesus came and God sent his son to die on the cross for our sins so that we could have the privilege to enter into a personal relationship with the holy God. And I'm so thankful for resurrection power. I'm so thankful that Jesus Christ did what he did because without that ultimate sacrifice, guys, you and I would not be in the position that we're in right now where we're called sons of God, daughters of God. We're in position now to have commune with the Holy God. But now, I got news for you. Jesus died to give you the right and the privilege to enter into the family of God but, but the totality of your salvation didn't just end with getting into the family. Can I get a witness? See, God, God called us and, and placed us in his family, but he called us for a purpose. Listen to what Jesus said right here. And when he called some of his initial disciples, notice, just read this one verse. He says this, Jesus called out to them, come, follow me. And I will show you how to fish for people. Let's go to the, uh, the King James Version, the very same passage of scripture. And I want you to let this sink in, guys, because in the year 2021, we're going to be focused on change. We're going to be focused even more so on making disciples. I know that customarily it was church in a lot of places and even here to a certain degree was come be comfortable come hear some good music hear preach word and go let me live my life the way I've always lived it I'm going to tell you that's not sufficient God is calling on all of us to commit to change to commit to being transformed to commit to being followers of him to become fishers of men to become disciple learned ones watch this watch this and Jesus said unto them, come ye after me and I will make you to become what? Fishers of men. Fishers of men. So all that God is trying to do to us and what we're going to look at in this passage here and we unpack, keep unpacking Hebrews, the fifth chapter, we're going to see that God is trying to get us to a point to where we become disciples, disciplined ones, learned ones. We read in Hebrews, the fifth chapter, where we, through training, we learn to discern the difference between right and wrong. Can I get a witness? Now, now watch this, guys. Uh, whenever Jesus Christ, or we accept Christ as our Lord and Savior, we become uh, what we call sanctified or, or justified. Re- really, three words that I want, I want to just think about for a second. First of all, when we accept Christ as our Lord and Savior, we become justified by faith, right? Uh, and, and, and then, then, then as we are justified, now that puts us in a position where we're in the family of God. Then now we go through a transformation process or a changing process, which is known as sanctification. All right, justification 
it, it frees, uh, frees you and I from the penalty of sin. We're no longer at odds with God. We have been justified by what? Faith. And that faith is in the saving work of Christ Jesus, his sacrificial death on the cross. So we've been justified. Now we should be in this mode now where we're in now, going through the process of sanctification. Amen. And sanctification frees us from the power of sin. That means that sin no longer has a stranglehold of power over me. If I sin, it's because I want to sin. Justification places me in the body. Sanctification releases me from the power of sin so that I can be transformed, so that I can be changed. Have y'all ever been uh, said to yourself one time before, you know, I know what the Lord said, but you know, I just can't do that. Has anybody ever said to yourself, I can't do that? Pastor, I can't, I can't, I can't be a part of the discipleship training. I just, I, I know me, I'm going to start out and I'm going to quit. Pastor, you know, I, I, I can't serve and do that because you know who that, that's getting up too early to do that. I, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a late, I'm a late out. I, I don't get up early. How many of y'all ever said that before? Pastor, you talking about getting up for Monday morning connect at 6 a.m.? 6 a.m., Pastor, that's too early. Now, if you get ready to go on vacation, y'all got to leave at 5 a.m., what time are you up for it? Uh, people can do what they want to do. I'll tell you before, one of the things that freed me as a pastor is when I learned a long time ago that grown people would do what grown people want to do. And if they're not all in, if they're not sold out, they're not going to do it. All right? So, so, so when we look at this thing, guys, again, uh, you know, quit making excuses. God, listen, it will never require us to do something that we don't have the ability and the capacity to do. If he did that, he'd be an unjust God, right? So I'm justified, first of all, when I accept Christ, his sacrificial death on the cross, his, his death, burial, resurrection. Now, when I accept that as the mechanism of getting right, standing with God, then now I am justified. Now we're living in a period where we should be being sanctified. We are sanctified, we're set apart, but sanctification is, is progressive in nature. Some of the stuff that I used to do when I first got saved, I should still be doing those things. Amen. How many of y'all have experienced some fall off? Number of some stuff that you, you were still hanging on to because in your flesh you like that stuff. I, I, no, 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 no. Y'all going to talk to me on this Easter Sunday, man. <laughs> Listen to me. How many of y'all out there will readily admit that, Pastor, there was some stuff that I, when I first got saved I was still indulged in, but now that I've grown and now that I realize that the sin has no power over me, and now God, not, not Pastor, now I realize that he ain't got no power over me. That man that I, I used to talk that I couldn't do without, now I know I can't do without him. That woman who I thought I couldn't, I couldn't live without being with her, now I realize that I was in sin when I was with her, and so now I, I just left her alone. How many of y'all know some stuff that you used to do, but you don't do it anymore? I, I need some hands raised. I mean, I mean, since you've been saved. I mean, come on, talk to me, talk to me. The old folks say, I looked at my hands, and my hands looked new. I looked at my feet, and they did too. The places I used to go, I don't go no more. Come on. The way I used to talk, don't talk that way no more. The way I used to cuss, don't, 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 don't cuss as much anymore. That's what some of y'all saying. <laughs> hey, listen, baby. I, I said it before. There's enough words in the Webster's Dictionary. You are smart enough to pick. 
pick out one that is not profanity. I believe in you. I believe you're smart enough to find a word to replace the Sanctification, guys, is the process that we go through because we're free from the power of sin. And then ultimately, glorification will free us from the presence of sin. Justification, positionally now, I'm set apart. I'm, 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 I'm in the right standing. I'm free from the penalty of sin because I'm, I'm no longer at enmity with God. When you're not saved, then you're at odds with God, the creator. So guys, we've got to realize that, that, that justification, sanctification, and glorification, we're going to be glorified when we see Jesus face to face. Amen. We're going to be free from the presence of sin. That don't happen until we get up out of here. Amen. As long as we live in this world, we're going to be faced with sin. We're going to be in the presence of sin. But once we see Jesus and face to face, then we're going to be glorified, transformed. Amen. And so, so, so believers are expected to sanctify themselves in the Lord through the strength and the power of the Spirit of God working on the inside of us. Amen. We walk in the Spirit, as Paul instructed us in Galatians 5 and 16. When we, when we allow God to work in us and work through us, we walk in the Spirit, we won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. So he, he called these initial disciples to become fishers of men. Guys, the ministry of the kingdom, and I, and I, want, I want you to hear it real carefully because the focus is, 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 is to, to get into a discipling mode, amen? Uh, the, as, as, as born again believers, the ministry of the kingdom is not achieved, it's received from God. God wants us uh, to, to be free, amen, from, from trying to earn or keep our place in the kingdom. It's not about earning your way because none of us are good enough to earn our way into the kingdom. It's about receiving Jesus Christ's sacrificial work on the cross of Calvary that gets us in the right standing with God. See, we work from our salvation. We don't work for our salvation. We work from a position of being saved, all right? And our motivation is one of gratitude for what Christ has already done, not one of trying to earn our way. Do y'all understand that? So, so God called us, and just like Jesus called the original disciples, he said, I'm going to make you fishers of men. He's calling all of us to become fishers of men. He wants us to commit to change. Guys, and I want you to just mark this down. I didn't put this on your note, but mark this down. We must get into the word until the word gets into us. Write that down. We must get into the word until the word gets into us. Can we repeat that together? We must what? Get into the word until the word does what? Gets into us. Kingdom citizens are expected to make disciples. And you can't make disciples if you haven't been discipled yourself. Amen? And so I, I understood it. And, and Pastor Richard McGee said it so eloquently on last, last Sunday when he shared with an awesome word about the fact that these fivefold ministry gifts are given to, to equip the body. To equip you for change. To equip you to be able to go out and make disciples. Can I get a witness? So as your pastoral leader in 2021, I'm telling you, we're pushing for transformation. We're pushing for a deeper level of commitment. We, we, we want you to get to the point to where you're all in. Alright? You're all into the point where you say, Pastor, uh, God, my Father, I'm willing to do whatever you show me in the Word that I should be doing. Can I get a witness? And so we must get into the Word until the Word gets into us. Amen? 
So now, guys, as we move forward, go back to Hebrews, the fifth chapter, we'll be right quick, because I, I, I need you to understand something. Uh, Jesus gave initial call to his disciples to come and follow him. And every one of you all that are sitting here on the side of my voice who are listening to me via live stream, if you are a professed Christian, then you've been called to, to be a disciple maker. You, first of all, you're called to be a disciple, okay? A disciple follows Christ. A disciple is formed by Christ, and a disciple is focused on others rather than just on themselves. So we got to get to the point where we'll focus on, on others and not just on ourselves. So let's get back to our text uh, in, in this fifth chapter, glory to God, of, of, of the, the book of Hebrews. Now, the writer, again, I told you on last week, the writer of our text, as he begins to write this letter, was about to begin his explanation of the heavenly priesthood of Christ. And but he's not sure that his readers are ready for what he has to teach them. Amen? And so 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 note something here. The problem, the problem uh, is not that he's a dull teacher, but they are they are dull hearers. Get back to Hebrews 5 with the, look at verse number 11. There is much more we would like to say about this, about the priesthood of Christ, about how it intersects with the priesthood of Melchizedek, about how the priesthood of Christ is so much more above the, the, the Leviticus priesthood that they had been accustomed to. He wanted to explain that, but he says, hold up, I can't because you're dull of hearing. It's difficult to explain, especially since you are spiritually dull and don't seem to listen. How many of y'all got children that don't seem to listen? I mean, when they were in your house and, and, and even when they were grown. How many of y'all have grown children that you try to advise and sometimes they just don't listen? How many of y'all were that person who didn't listen to wise counsel? How many of y'all were that person who, when you were told something, you thought that, 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 that your parents just didn't know any better, that, that you, were on the cutting edge of, you were on the cutting edge of cool? You're on the cutting edge of cool, and they didn't quite know and understand life because it's different now. And I know how, I know how to move, and I know, I know how to get around. I, I'm smarter than the smartest. So you thought until life smacked you right in the face, and then you realized you didn't even have enough guts to go back and tell mama, mama, you were right. He was no good. He had five women besides me. You saw it. I didn't see it. You had discernment, and I, I, I mocked you at your discernment because I was in love with him. <laughs> Wasn't saved. He just looked good. Baby, let me tell you something right now. Don't you go and marry, and don't you go date somebody just because they look good. They can look good, but be no good. Yeah. Use some spiritual discernment. And when you submit yourself to training, as it relates to the gospel and God's plan for your life, you'll be able to discern between right and wrong. You'll be able to see when something is not right. Can I get a witness? So when look at it, says, it says, uh, but it's difficult to explain, especially since you are spiritually dull and don't seem to listen. You don't seem to listen. Now, guys, the word translated dull in Hebrews 5 and 11 it's actually translated slothful or lazy in Hebrews, the sixth chapter, verse 11 through 12. Let's go there right quick. Hebrews, the sixth chapter, verse 11 through 12. It refers to a condition of spiritual apathy and laziness that 
prevents spiritual development. I'm going to repeat that. It refers to a condition of spiritual apathy. When you are apathetic about something, that means they don't, you know, you, you can do with it or you can do without it. And you just, you, you ain't, you lukewarm, you ain't strong one way or the other. You're apathetic. That word dull refers to a condition of spiritual apathy and laziness that prevents spiritual development. Now again, God saved every last one of us so that we could commit to change. He went to the cross of Calvary so that we could have the power abiding on the inside of us that enables us to change or to transform. So God would never, God would be an unjust God if he required you to do something that you were incapable of doing. You are, you are more than able to do what God's word says when you rely on the power of Christ on the inside of you. Look at what the text says here. He says, well, our great desire is that you will keep on loving others. Watch this, guys, as long as life lasts. How long should you keep on loving love others? As long as you live it. As long as life lasts. In order to make certain that what you hope for will come true. Verse 12 says what? Then you will not become what? Spiritually dull and indifferent. Now, guys, if, if, if we're honest about it, during this pandemic, a lot of Christians have become spiritually dull and indifferent. They could, you know, I don't know if people are tuning in to, to the live stream broadcast, not EBC members I'm talking about. I don't know if, if, if they're still studying the word of God. I, I know for a fact that many EBC members have, have refused to connect with the discipleship training. I say refused because you get an opportunity to sign up. See, accountability, discipleship requires accountability. Sunday school, as we normally did, didn't really account, require accountability. You showed up or you didn't show up. We checked roll, but we didn't really... Check roll like we check roll with the, with the class. We say, we want to see who's really serious. We want to see who's really committed to the discipleship training. So you have to sign up so, before we order your book. You remember in the old days, we would order books and say, hope you come get one. No, 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 no. We're not going to order you a book if you're not, if you're not going to co- commit. And even some people who get the book order don't commit. Start, stop. Start, stop. When you go stop, start, and stop. Does that make sense? God is looking for consistency. Be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Watch the text. Now watch this. Then you will not become spiritually dull and indifferent. This, this, whole, this whole year has caused a lot of Christians to become spiritually dull and indifferent. Instead, 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 you will follow the example of those who are going to inherit God's promises because of their what? Because of their faith and because of what? And their endurance because of their faith and because of their endurance. I, I like the way the, the KJV read. It says, verse 12, that you be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. That you be followers of them who through faith and patience, they inherit the promises of God. So, 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 but Pastor, how do, how do I know if I'm spiritually dull or indifferent? Uh, I'm glad you asked. Because we got to get to the point where, where that, okay, maybe you were there, but now God said today is a new day. Maybe you were kind of just meandering your way through the pandemic, and maybe you still are, but God says today is a new day. 2021 is time for change. We got to commit to change. We can't keep doing life the way we always done it. We, got, we can't be scared anymore. Hello? We got we to we be focused. We got to be on point with God, and we got to say, Lord, however you want to use me, you can use me. Let the word get into you. Amen. 
can I get a witness? Now watch it. So, so number one, according to this passage back in Hebrews, what are four marks of spiritual immaturity? Here's how you can know if you're spiritually dull, slothful, apathetic, concerning things of God. Number one, there's a dullness toward the word. Everybody say dullness toward the word. These believers started on their backward journey by drifting from the word. They drifted from the word. And then they began to doubt the word. And so as a result, they are now dull of hearing. That is, they're unable, unable to listen to the word, to receive it, and to act on it. Hear me carefully. Here's, here's how you know you're dull toward the word when you're unable... To listen to the word, to receive it, and to act on it. Do you go to sleep every time I preach? Now listen to me. I like to keep you actively engaged. And I, and I understand some, some of y'all didn't get enough rest. And maybe you're sleeping. I, I got back last night about 12.30 from, from Fort Worth and uh, didn't go to bed to about 2 o'clock. So I hung on to the bed a little bit longer this morning. But uh, maybe some of y'all were out doing, maybe, I don't know, you were up studying, maybe you were out partying. I don't know what you were doing. But, 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 you all not go to sleep on me every Sunday. Now, now, now some people say, well, you know, but Pastor, uh, you know, I, 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 you know, my, my pastor is not the most excitable guy. It's not about excitement, it's about what are you paying attention to. And, and most of the time, the, 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 the dull hearing, it's, it's, it's not a result of necessarily that you got a bad speaker. Sometimes it's because we have drifted from the word. Look at what Hebrews 2 said. Go to Hebrews 2 chapter. Come on, let's move. Got to move. Hebrews 2, verse 1 through 4. I, I got to move on this, okay? So what are, what are the signs uh, of the marks of spiritual immaturity? Their dullness toward the word. In other words, when it comes to studying the God's word, when it, it comes to sitting down and, and, and going through and talking about the word, that don't really interest you. Now, you got to be honest with yourself. Listen to me carefully. You got to be honest with yourself if you're going to come out of this state. If you're pretending like you're studying, but you're not. Come on. How many of y'all have been in that mode? Oh, yeah, I studied my Bible. You, you just don't see me. If your wife or your husband lives with you, they ought to see you crack the book sometimes. You ain't studying while you're driving. I do all my study at work. You lying. If you are in the word, your spouse or your family member ought to see you in the word sometimes. Is that fair enough? Sometimes. So, so all, all those folks tomorrow, I, whenever you get defensive about it too, that's, that's, a, that's a clear sign that you, you ain't doing nothing. I'm trying to help you, okay? Watch this. So we must listen very carefully to the truth we have heard or we may drift away from it. Watch this. Next verse, watch what it says. For the message God delivered through angels has always stood firm and every violation of the law and every act of disobedience was punished. Next verse. So what makes us think, so what makes us think we can escape if we ignore this great salvation that was first announced by the Lord Jesus Christ himself and then delivered to us by those who heard him speak? And God confirmed the message by giving signs and wonders and various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit whenever he chose. See, guys, listen, the writer is, is addressing 
uh, these, 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 these listeners here, and there were some who were tempting to go back to Judaism. There were some who did not get the, 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 the correct revelation that Jesus Christ was the fulfillment of the law. As a matter of fact, Jesus Christ was the goal of the law because the law showed up, man, all of us, that we didn't have the capacity to keep it and that we had need of a Savior. If keeping the law was going to make me righteous and you and I righteous, none of us would be righteous because none of us could keep it all. And God, God gave it to us to show us that we are incapable of doing it by ourselves. So quit trying to get to heaven by yourself. Jesus Christ died was resurrected and depend on his saving work. So dullness toward the word is a sign of immature. One of the first symptoms of spiritual regression or backsliding is a dullness toward the Bible. Sunday school teaching seems to be, Sunday school is dull. Now preaching becomes dull to you. Anything spiritual is boring. The problem is usually, the problem usually is not with the teacher or the preacher, but with the believer himself. Now sometimes you can run across somebody who just, I mean, just they just, this this is dry as all get out, but and you say help him Jesus, okay? But but most of the time it's us, because if I am interested in something, if I invite you to a seminar to tell you how to get rid of all of your debt, and you're interested in being debt free, you're going to listen to everything I got to say. Hello, if if. If, if I invite you to a financial counseling session and say, okay, let's, let me show you how you can, how you can get out of this financial bind that you're in. And if you're really all in to getting out, some, again, sometimes people aren't, aren't as, 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 as ready to get out as they pretend because you don't want to turn loose some stuff. How many of you know sometimes you got to sell some stuff to get yourself out of the bind that you're in? Oh, y'all don't want to listen to me. All right. Sometimes we're not as ready to get out as we pretend that we are because we don't follow the advice of the person who's counseling us. I'll tell you before, I've learned this, guys, over the years that that sometimes people aren't as ready to 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 get free from the stuff that they're in as they claim to be. Because if you want to get free, then you really you'll be willing to follow the advice, the scriptural advice of the person who's counseling you. Amen. So, so, so the first sign of dullness, is, is, is the first time, first sign of spiritual immaturity is just a dullness toward the word. And in other words, you, the things of God don't interest you. you. You don't, you don't connect with the things of God. You come to church, you'll even work in the ministry, but you don't really, you're not interested in the things of God. The second sign is inability to share the word. Go, to, go back to Hebrews five, verse twelve, the A part of that. Hebrews five, verse twelve, the A part. The ability to share spiritual truth with others is a mark of maturity, guys. Everybody doesn't have the gift of teaching, but all of us can share what we learn from the word. All of us should have a testimony about what the Lord has done for us. And as, I, as, they, as the old folks say, can't nobody tell it like I can tell it what the Lord has done for me. I don't have to be a Bible scholar. I don't have to have a, a, a doctoral thesis to tell you what the Lord has done for me. How he's transformed my life, how he's transformed my marriage, how he's, 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 he's made me whole. I can tell you, like nobody else, what the Lord has done for me. And you can do that same thing because your testimony is what God has done for you, Brenda. It's what he's done for you. Not what he's done for anybody else, it's what he's done for you. Look at what the text says here. Watch this, watch this. Day part. Let's read, read, read. 
you have been believers so long now that you ought to be teaching others. Instead, you need someone to teach you again the basic things about God's word. You're like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food. One of the hardest lessons children have to learn is the lesson of sharing. Would y'all agree? Those little rascals as cute as as Google-eyed as they can be, when they get to those, what they call, we call those terrible twos, and, 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 and we got, we got, you know, I, I, I said before, you know, we got, we got several of our, our, our couples in the church who are expecting children and thank God for babies on the way. Amen. When babies are, when babies are on the way and, and me, you're the right way. I don't want them to come the right way. Okay. All right. And so babies on the way and we baptize the people. That means we got a future. If there ain't no babies being born, nobody being baptized, no new people coming in, then the church will soon die out. So I thank God for growth. Amen. Even just by the natural birth process. But, 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 but those babies, no matter how cute they are, no matter how pretty the name is, those little rascals are born in sin. And they are shaping in iniquity. So you got to teach them how to share because they'll have five toys over there playing with it. And they see that little baby in the corner with one toy. They're going snatch that one. Man. Aren't your kids selfish naturally? And you have to teach them how to share. The recipients of this letter have been saved long enough to be able to share God's truth with others. But instead of helping others to grow, these Hebrew Christians were in need of learning again the simple teachings of the Christian life. Guys, they, so, so when, when, when you are immature, you, you have an inability to share the word of God and what God has done in your life. Amen. Third thing is a baby food diet. Look at what he says here in verse number 13. Uh, a baby food diet. Verse number 13 of Hebrews 5. Come on, let's go. It says, for someone who lives on milk is still an infant and doesn't know how to do what is right. For someone who lives on milk. Now, guys, hear this. He's not talking about unsaved people here. He's talking about people who have a born again experience. He's talking about people who've accepted Christ as the Lord and Savior, but they're, they're, they're spiritually immature. Amen? For someone who lives on milk is still an infant and doesn't know how to do what is right. Milk is pre-digested food and it's especially suited to babies. But only those who have teeth can enjoy meat. Is that right? All right. The writer defines the milk as the first principles of the oracles of God. The, the meat of the word is, listen, this carefully. The meat of the word is the teaching about our Lord's ministry now in heaven as our high priest. The writer wanted to give this meat to them, but they were not ready for it. The milk, hear me carefully, the milk of the word refers to what Christ did on earth. His birth, his life, his teaching, his death, his burial, his resurrection. That's the milk of the word. The meat of the word refers to what Jesus Christ is now doing in heaven, guys. We begin the Christian life on the basis of his finished work on earth. That's how we get saved. Him crucified, resurrected, receiving that. That's how we get saved. But guys, that is just the beginning of our journey. We can't stay there. Hear me carefully. I remember... And this is not this is not a knock. Please don't take this as a knock um, uh, or a criticism. Uh, I, I remember uh, when I was growing up, and, and when when preachers were preaching, 
You, you couldn't wait till you got to the part about um, he died early one Sunday morning. He got up. And that's why we're celebrating and we're, 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 we're thankful for what he did. But that is the milk of the word. We have to accept what he did in order to get saved. Can I get it one witness? But now that we've accepted what he did on Calvary's Hill to get us saved, now we need to grow. And guys, that's, that's my challenge to you as your pastor in the year 2021. I want, I'm, I'm looking for a commitment to growth. What Christ did on the earth was the meat, milk of the word. What he's doing in the heavenlies as our high priest, current high priest, who's still alive today, that's the meat of the word. Can I get a witness? We begin this Christian life on the basis of his finished work on earth. We grow in this Christian life on the basis of his unfinished work in heaven. And again, understand this. Again, what I was saying earlier, the thing that, that, that I think sometimes used to happen is, is that we brought people to the point of making a decision. But a lot of our churches, including this one, was not very adept and effective in taking us from the point of decision to the point of growing. And so if we're going to be disciple makers, we got to grow through training. And learning the word of God and, and, and getting the tools in place to help us to be able to be relational. That's what we're doing with emotionally healthy relationships right now. We're learning how to be relational because the thing that stops a lot of us from being all that we can be in God, in Christ Jesus, is because we don't know how to deal with people. So we're learning how to be effective in having good God only healthy relationships with people because if God saved us to reach people, but we are uncomfortable in talking to people, we're uncomfortable in being honest with people. And a lot of us are walking around in false peace right now. Y'all know what false peace is, right? You pretend like everything is okay, but it's really not. You speak at work. Yeah. Hey, how you doing? And you're like, oh, I can't stand up. I just wish they moved me to another department. But you're like, hey, girl, how you doing? False. Everybody say false peace. Some of y'all in false peace with some of your relatives right now. False peace. You pretend like everything's okay, but it's not because you won't address it because you haven't been discipled in the, in, in, in the, in the art of connecting relationally with people. So, 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 we are, so the, the milk of the word is, is baby food diet. So, so all of our churches, I think, have, have to do a better job of taking us from, from the cross, which we get saved through the cross. Once I get saved, I have to get re-saved again. I've accepted, I know, I believe in the death, burial, resurrection. Now, how do I live this stuff out? And we got to teach you how to live it out. Amen? Can't get saved without, without the resurrection, the cross, Jesus' crucifixion. I am not minimizing that, not one iota, because that's how we got saved. But once I've gotten saved, now i got to learn how to live. Amen? In newness of life. So, so if we got a baby food diet, if all we talk about is, 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 is what he did on earth and not what he's doing in the heavenlies, then we're not necessarily growing to the point that we need to grow. We've got to make spiritual progress. We, gotta, we, we must make spiritual progress, and we can do this only if we learn about Christ's priestly ministry for us in heaven. Go to Hebrews 13 with me right quick. 
Hebrews 13, verse number 20 to 21. I got to move. Y'all still tracking with me? Say, neighbor, we got to commit to change. I'm talking about the good kind of change. The good kind, amen? Some folks change and it's for the detriment. But I'm talking about changing for the betterment. Can I get it with me? I, I, listen, I, we're going we're gonna to press in. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna learn. We're going to grow. We're going to make it convenient for you to, to learn and grow so that you can go in your individual environment. This is not about just gathering on Sundays. It's about what we're living outside the four walls of this church. This is a training ground to send you out to minister and to share to your family, to coworkers, to your neighbors, wherever you go. Amen. Look at Hebrews 13, verse number 20. Now, now may the great, now may the God of peace who brought up from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep and ratified an eternal covenant with his what? Blood. Without the shed of blood, ain't no remission of sin. The blood, amen, washes away my sins. I thank God for the blood, amen. May he equip you Watch this. May he equip you with all you need for doing his will. May he produce in you through the power of Jesus Christ every good thing that is pleasing to him. All glory to him forever and ever. Amen. Now watch what he says. May he produce in you. How? Through the power of Jesus Christ. Every good thing that is pleasing to him. Guys, you can't do this without the power of Christ. Now, and, and last thing I want, I want to show is a mark of uh, a spiritual immaturity, if, if a person is unskillful in using the word. Hebrews 5 and 14, unskillful in using the word. Watch this right quick. As we grow in the word, guys, we learn to use it in daily life. As we apply the word, we exercise our spiritual senses and we develop spiritual discernment. Spiritual discernment is, is being able to, to understand what is God's will in this particular situation that I'm dealing with. I need to know what God's will is for me for my life. How many of y'all ever had a situation that, that rose and you were not sure what God's will was? Come on, we all, all of us do. All of us, we, we, let me back up. If there's something that's black and white, direct command in Scripture, you ought to know if you've been taught that. But then some people haven't been taught certain things in the Word of God. But there, there's sometimes when when we have to spiritually discern what's God's will. In a particular situation, not that it's a right or wrong, but it's, I want to be with God. I want to move with God in the, in the situation. Should I help this person or not? Well, Pastor, you ought to help everybody. Well, wait a minute. If helping me is hurting you, I don't need to be helping you because my helping me is hurting you. All right. If you if you have a gambling problem and you come to me every every three or four weeks wanting some money, borrow some money that you don't ever pay back. I'm not helping you by keep continuing to give you money. Because what you didn't tell me was, you told me your, your, your light bill was due and you didn't have the money to pay it. But what you didn't tell me was you took half your check and went to the boat and gambled it away. I need to know that if I'm going to help you. So me giving you more money every time you come is not helping you. I'm hurting you because I'm indulging you in what you are sending into. Y'all follow me? So I need to be able to discern whether or not it's time to help or not. God, God, people say, well, just give it to him. It ain't your business. Yes, it is my business. If God gave me resources, what do you mean it ain't my business? You coming to me to ask me for what God blessed me with. I'm a steward over God's resources. I don't own it. It belongs to God. And God don't want you to take his money and be frivolous with it. 
Amen. Stewardship. Stewardship is important. So, so, so we have to have, we have to be, be discerned. So, watch what it says again. Solid food is for those who are mature, who through training have the skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong. So, so you know, but but an unskillful person, when, when you're spiritually mature, you're unskillful in using the word of God. As we apply the word of God, we exercise our spiritual senses and we'll develop spiritual discernment. The more you do the word, the more you're gonna be able to discern. The problem that many of us are having is that we haven't done much word. And because we won't do the word that we know, because we think we're going to hurt somebody's feelings. Guys, I'm going to tell you something. As your pastor, I know sometimes I may say something that, that gets up under your skin. I told y'all, you ought to be a little hot at me at least 10 to 15% of the time. Hey, come on, come on. Because I'm going to bring the mail to your house. Let, let me see the hands of everybody who I've preached something up since you've been a member here that hit your house that it was mail that came to your house alright it came to your house right alright how many of you got a little warm when you thought I was talking about you okay you got a little warm that's okay I, I, I got my big boy pants on you know what I've learned that if, 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 if I love you like Christ told me to love you and I give you the word of God and you really you say and you really want to do better, but you just kind of in your feelings, in your flesh, because we can get there, can we? How many of y'all got in your feelings, in your flesh? You need, you in your, when you're in your flesh, sometimes you don't want to do right. If loving you is wrong, I don't want to be right. If being right means being without you, I'd rather be wrong than right. Now, what kind of stuff is that? Think about that song. Some of y'all young people are like, what are you talking about? That's, go, go back and, and just Google it. Loving you is wrong. I don't want to. There's a part that said this in the watches. There's a part that says, your friends tell you there's no future in loving a married man. If I can't see you when I want to, I see you when I can. I'm going to tell you right now, you, you don't need no spiritual discernment. If you loving somebody who's married, you're wrong. <laughs> and you ought to want to be right. Okay, okay, you messed up. Okay, give you your mess up, but now you know better. And now let's pull into God. I don't care how many times he calls you. No, no, I can't do it anymore. I know I messed up before, but my, my, my God forgave me. And I'm, I'm, I'm through. Listen, I love you as a brother in Christ, but I can't, I can't come back and sleep with you anymore. Now, if you keep calling me now, I'm going to tell you why. You keep coming at me like that, brother. Or sister. Because, see, sisters can come too. Sisters are, listen, some, okay, all right. Y'all, do y'all, y'all get my drift. Once we know better, let's do better. And, and listen. If I were to pull back the, the covers of all of our lives, you know, a lot of, all of us in here got some big time mess ups. It may not be that area, maybe some other area. All of us got some big time mess ups. So don't you be looking at somebody from mm-hmm, listen, listen to what Pastor saying. No, what, what about your little stuff? See, all of us got some stuff, so you better be glad that Jesus Christ died and shed his blood out on Calvary's here so that the blood washes away your sin. I thank God! That he casts my sins as far as the east from the west. That he, he forgives me. And he remembers them no more. 
Amen? So let's get it right. If loving him is wrong, stop loving him. <laughs> In that way, okay. All right, so, 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 so let's look at something right here. I got, I got, man, I want to share something, but my time is running. My time is running. Let's go right quick. So let's look at Moses. What is, God gave some divine motivation to Moses. Y'all, y'all know Moses, and I want to, I want to just piggyback on this right quick. Uh, as we feed on the word of God and we apply it in our daily lives, guys, our inner spiritual senses get their exercise and become strong and become keen. In other words, you got you to gotta exercise. Our inner spiritual senses uh, you know, get their exercise and become strong and keen. In other words, you'll be able to discern more the more you get into God's word. All right, watch. Before I go to this, go, go to First Timothy the fourth chapter, right quick. First Timothy four. Man, my time is running. Will y'all be patient with me? I am trying to do better in how I can get through these messages, but sometimes y'all pull on me. <laughs> and when you pull on me, sometimes sometimes I can sense that somebody's dealing with something, and, and sometimes I can sense that somebody's been hurt by something, and I can sense that you need a, an encouraging word. And this ain't an excuse for not being organized, but I, sometimes I, I just hope say park there for a second because somebody's dealt with that before. Somebody's dealing with that now, and they need to know that that that, that you died for all of their sins. That 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 because you had a big mess up, don't mean that your life ends right there. God can still use you. If you go back and look at the Bible, God used a lot of folk who had some big time mess up. Check out Moses. Come on. Check out David. Look at Daniel. Look at all down. Look at uh, Jeremiah. Hey man, who was suicidal and depressive. And, and, but, but, but God still used fallible people to get his word. It's not an excuse for, 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 for just sinning without any remorse. But what I'm trying to tell you is, is that, that don't you let the devil tell you. That, that the mistakes or the sins of your past, not mistakes, it was sin, the sins of your past prevent God from using you today. That is a lie from the pits of hell. As a matter of fact, learn from it and you'll be better equipped to, to, to teach somebody else. Some of this stuff, listen to me, young people, you young adults who are out there now and your parents are talking to you, they may not come out and tell you all that they've done, but some of the advice they give you is because they've been through what you're trying to go through. They've already seen it. They've seen that movie two or three times, part, part, the first part, the second part, and third part. They already know, and they're trying to tell you, so stop, stop rebuffing good, solid, biblical wisdom and advice from your parents and start to listen. And even if, you don't, if, you, if you're not going to, uh, even if you don't agree, just listen. Because you can learn something. Amen? Can I get two amens? Watch this, watch this. First Timothy chapter number four. Commitment to change. Guys, none of us thought entering into 2020 that we would have a year like we had. And it calls for many adjustments to be made. What I'm telling you is in 2021, God is calling this church in particular to prepare for change. Okay? When I say that, this is, this is the good kind of change. The change 
that, that causes us to be focused on reaching everybody with the gospel of Jesus Christ for us individually to, to stop being dull of hearing, to stop being apathetic about our spiritual walk and our spiritual growth. And we're going to just buy all, we're going to go all the way in and say, God, transform me, change me, make me to be that disciple that you called me to be. Look at the text here. Look at what Paul tells his young son in the ministry by the name of Tim. He says, don't, do not, can we read out loud on purpose? Let's read. He says, what? Do not waste time arguing, come on, over godless ideas and old wives' tales. Instead, train yourself to be godly. Stop Stop spending all this time arguing with some of your unsaved family members of those who may be saved, but they still spiritual babies. You, you spend all this time debating stuff that, ain't, that don't matter to hill of bean. Get into your word. Amen. Don't waste time arguing over God's ideas and old wise tales. Instead, train yourself to be godly. This is Paul talking to his young son in the ministry by the name of Timothy. Timothy was a pastor. Now look at what he says in this next verse. Watch this. Physical training is good. Bodily exercise is good. But training for godliness is much better. He didn't say that physical training was bad. He just said it's much better to train for godliness. Right? How many of y'all do some form of physical exercise? Any of y'all walk or do something? If you don't, you need to do something. Okay? Let me say it again. Do something. Let me say it again. Do something because you want to be physically uh, uh, able to be able to go when God says go. Right? So physical training is good, but God, look at what's much better. But training for godliness is much better. And training implies more than just coming to church on Sunday morning. Thank God for Sunday morning. But training involves getting a little bit deeper than that. Okay? And what I'm telling you, I love you enough to challenge you to commit to training. I can't make you commit to training. That's something that you got to do. Because if you're doing it because I'm pressuring you, it ain't going to last. I got sense enough to know that. Amen? Physical training is good, but training for God is much better. Promising benefits in this life and in the life to come. Training for godliness is much better. Promising what? Benefits in this life. We don't have to wait till we get over yonder. Come on, guys. He says training for God is much better and it promises benefits where? In this life and the life to come. So when we learn how to flow with God, when you learn how to, to, to be obedient to his word, then his desires become your desires. And my Bible tells me delight thyself in the Lord and he'll give you what? The desires of your heart. Commit your way unto him and he'll bring those things to pass. So, so training for godliness promises benefits in this life and in the life to come. Are you ready to commit to change? Commitment to change. Now listen to me. My time is up right now, so I got to stop here. And, 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 and next week we're going to look at the divine motivation for Moses and how God used Moses, how, how God got Moses to commit to change. How God got, listen to me, how God got Moses to do something that Moses really didn't want to do. And sometimes if we're honest about it, guys, in our flesh, there's some things that God tells us to do that we really in our flesh don't want to do. Am I the only one? Am I the only one? Will y'all be honest with me? 
That, that thing about praying for the person who despitefully used you, sometimes that's hard to do, isn't it? But it's in the word. And so I can't excuse my way out of that. So there are going to be some things that God is going to want you to do when you commit to him, commit to discipleship, that your flesh may not want to do. But if you commit to the training process, I promise you, you'll find yourself doing it. Is every head bowed, every eyes closed.